and all of the ones that you know all my individual and the four by two you know they were all best times you know my, my relay split in the four by two and the 2am was a huge best time as well the two free was a big best time all in all in olympic finals so you know I, I couldn't really have done much more so i think that was the main message and and main thing to take away you know i we said before going in, you know, if, if I do a PB in an Olympic final, I'll be there or thereabouts. But, you know, fair play to, to someone else who's, who's able to drop and, and do a good and, and do a best time. Welcome to the Propulsion Swimming Podcast, where we aim to give swimming the coverage and publicity it deserves. Every week, we celebrate the sport we love with amazing special guests and topics from around the swimming pool. And now, here are your hosts. Scott and Dan. Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Propulsion Swimming Podcast. This week we are speaking to potentially, I know in our eyes, Dan's especially the best swimmer in Britain right now. Oh man, super excited for this one and can't wait to get going. We've been we've been wanting to get this guest on for a while and We've got a guest on who, if you've been following Propulsion Swimming for a while, you will know I've been banging his drum for a good number of years now. The guy needs no introduction, but we're going to give you one anyway. Yeah, I mean, Dan, you predicted him Tokyo 200 free gold. I think it was like mm. three years ago now. Three yeah, years. Yeah. Um, so please welcome to the Propulsion Swimming podcast, the man who made history in Tokyo by becoming the most successful British Olympian at a single Olympic Games. Welcome, Duncan Scott. Duncan, thank you for taking the time to speak to us. How are things with you? Oh, thanks for having me, guys. Um, thanks for the kind words as well. And I like the prediction three years ago. But uh, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah no, things are pretty good with me. Um, yeah, just chilling at uh, just at home in Stirling. So uh, yeah, just getting back to, I think we're four, four weeks on the trot now since uh, just coming back after Christmas. So yeah, not pretty good. Great stuff. So I, I'm going to kick things off by going through some remarkable achievements and stats so a gold and three silvers at tokyo 12 british records in total long course and short course five world championship medals 11 european championship medals numerous short course titles as well and the second fastest relay leg ever um with all these incredible accomplishments so far is leaving a legacy in the sport important to you um, yeah. <laughs> it's a tough question to start. It's, 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 yeah, and it's probably it's something that I've never really thought about in, in all honesty until probably after the Olympics. It's something that you know a lot of people like to, to ask questions about because legacy is quite an important thing. You know, whether that's legacy of um, you know that that like for example the London Games left behind in in London after mm. 2012, or you know Commonwealth Games in Glasgow. You know, legacy is really important for those things, but you know, also for athletes. And I think it's something that really, really drives Petey on. I think it's something that he, he puts, he puts that quite high as to one of his motivating factors. For me personally, it's not something that I've ever really thought about, but being the, um, the learn to swim ambassador uh, for Scottish swimming, um, it's something that I've sort of thought about, you know, the more and more that I've done that. And, um, you know, I don't really know what I can do to, to try and, increase that or you know do differently but like it's, it's something that I you know I'm, I'm conscious of um and you know it's it for me it's more around how can I how can I create like what I do to to increase you know the number of people retaining and and staying in the sport but then also mm -hmm. wanting to to get involved in it and um, I say the two important factors for me 
Yeah, I mean, when you look through your career so far, we believe that you should be on par or even potentially even bigger than Adam Peaty in terms of in terms of public popularity. Is increasing your profile or, or the sports profile something that interests you? Um, yeah, I'd, I'd say so. As long as the legacy is not something that, you know, I, I get I get frustrated, I, I guess, with you guys as well. Like saying at the start, you know, that's one of the reasons that you started the podcast is the... the uh, the lack of attention that our sport gets um, is, I guess, a bit frustrating. Um, I guess just not for myself, but just for the for British swimmers in general, because there's so many performing at the highest level that you know just don't really get much attention. Um, so yeah, I would say that you know I think PE's drawn you know has helped the sport within Britain so much over the last few years. You know, from 2015, his dominance is is really sort of growing it and you know numbers like back to back years getting nominated for spotting and stuff like that I think helps a lot mm. um but yeah it is a little bit frustrating um you know but I, I think I'd like to you know l- rather like let my results sort of do the speaking you know if they're pretty good then I'd like to think that what helps draw people to the sport and you know it's quite exciting with things like ISL I think has increased popularity and and I think you know the best Olympics that we've had in however many years you know I think things like that really help Yes, I th- I think the um the learn to swim ambassador bit is the interesting bit because uh, what was it? The start of this week I had a phone call with Dan and we were talking about how do you actually grow the sport of swimming because it is a very hard question when essentially if you look at the Olympics the people who are going to watch swimming are people who used to swim, who have been at swimming clubs. So if you're able to almost enhance the transition from the learn to swim over to the club program that will then grow the viewership of the sport and grow the sport further. So I actually think you being the ambassador right at that first stage is is really important. Yeah, definitely. And as I say before, like it's something that I was, it's another area of, of being the ambassador that I was a bit unaware of, um, to be to be honest. And I think for, for me, crucially, I think within Scotland, but Britain as a whole, just keeping swimmers involved, I think, is, is really important. You know, you see so many people drop out around the age of 14, 15, you know, as the exams start to get, you know, you don't necessarily need to be doing ridiculous amounts of training. You know, it's, it's that that can happen later in your, you know, late, when you're slightly older. So, um, yeah, I think just keeping keeping people involved, I think, is, is so important. But as you say, I think, you know, the earlier that people are able to get into the water, I think, as well, um, is, is a good sign. Is it a case of doing different sort of TV shows? Like, for example, uh, Anna Hopkin did Question of Sport and Adam's obviously recently been on Strictly. Are those the sort of things you'd be wanting to, to take part in as well? Dancing on ice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I mean, the Question of Sport, I've, <clears throat> I've come knocking a couple of times, but to be honest, it's at points where I've sort of been like, I mean, <laughs> come on, like you've got Europeans in a month or you know, other things. So, you know, I, I love sports. So I, I'd like to think, you know, I, I like watching the, the show and, you know, I was a huge fan of uh, the old, the old hosts. Mm. Um, I thought, is. I thought it was really good fun. And uh, I love like growing up with that. It was, it was really good, but um, yeah, I'd, I'd say with this, some regard because then you're, but that's a different market entirely that sort of watch mm. that, you know, with yeah. Pete doing strictly, that's a completely new market for him that, with some some of them will you know as big as he is in the world you know they'll be completely unaware of, of who he is oh it's another sooner but like every week he's he's increasing the mm. the knowledge of of people around britain of, of our sport but um 
you know, I, I think it's good that, that people are accepting. I think, you know, Anna doing that, she might have been wanting to do it for her own reasons, but unconsciously she's actually increasing the, the awareness of, of swimming as well. So, yeah, for, for me, you know, it's, it's not something that I'll be looking to do anytime soon, you know. I've never actually been on ice, so dancing on ice would be an absolute disaster. <laughs> Surely you've been on some ice in Scotland. I've never, <laughs> yeah. All right, I've never been on ice skates. I've been on ice. <laughs> <laughs> what, what I'm hearing here is you're very much focused on the here and now, focused on the sport. Um, and your racing style certainly suggests that. So I think if you just look back at ISL, after every single race you do, you're spent. You've put in 100% into almost every race, no matter what the level of competition is. So what is your mindset when you when you go into racing mode? I actually really like... Um, so like the whole thing with like at the end of a race, so you see some guys like just, I don't know, so they act like it's, it's not really hurt them or, or other things. I grew up and I loved watching Laszlo Che race and at the after every race he just showed like if it was a heat of a two fly, hundred fly, he just looked absolutely spent after it. And, and like he wouldn't even try and hide it, you know, it's a two fly, it's gonna be hard, but you've got some people trying to hide the fact that it's hard. Anyway, um that's a different that's a different <laughs> it's just it annoys me. But um yeah, I, th- I think like for ISL and then also other competitions, I feel like the mindset can be very different. For ISL it's I think it's just about being really relentless, you know, with, you know, every race I've got to try and go in, you know, and my mindset's very much one at a time. You know, Mm. I think a couple of times I had something that I've never even done before, someone that's done quite a lot of multi-events, you know, I had four four races, some sessions in Naples, you know, coming off the back of several weeks off off training and being being landed with this. I'm like, what? Um, (laughs) So, yeah, it's very much like one race at a time you know and, mm-hmm. and 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 you know leave it all in the pool here and then we'll, we'll get myself ready for the next one um and you know in, in some regard you know I, I do surprise myself um, and in others you know it's, it's something that i've done my entire career you know some really tough doubles and back-to-backs that have been difficult um you know or even over several days you know five six days you know at, at trials 2015 2017 i made sure i had a race you know most sessions to to give myself a challenge because yeah. that's what a world's or an olympics is like you know it is really difficult back-to-back sessions you've got to go fast every day so um yeah it's, it's, it's a different mindset i would say and what are you like in the call room are you the sort of person where you put your headphones in you know, you're very silent in the corner you know psyching yourself up or are you the sort of chad Leclerc, sort of shadow punching boxing like it's a phelps <laughs> Yeah, I didn't quite work out for him, did it? Um, yeah, yeah I, I think it's like, um, I think for, for me, a lot of the time, I, I put music in, but, you know, I'll quite happily chat if someone wants it. It's been quite good having Dino, you know, we'll have a little chat or a laugh, you know, at particular moments or, um, you know, if I'm in there with relays. But, um, yeah, I usually try and keep it pretty similar, you know, music on, because if it's the same everywhere, then, you know, I just think that helps with preparation. Um and with ISL, you know, I, I wouldn't go music just because, you know, I'm just still soaking. So I can't really put any music in. <laughs> There's enough music on Paul's side. Yes, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you say going into like worlds or events like that, it, it's, a, it's a challenge. Is there a reason you make it such a challenge for yourself by doing so many events? Has there ever been a time where you thought, Let, let's focus on one, let's focus on this for a year? Um. Well, for the so for the twenty 
so the Olympic year, the second Olympic year, I guess, after COVID. The, um, I guess after 2019 Worlds, we had a sit down um, and just the conversation around you know, what, what to prioritise and, and what events to really look at. And I think it was just more to, to push towards the two 200s. Um, you know, at 2019 Worlds, I chose not to do the 100 free because it was my first cha- chance sort of doing the 2am on a full international scene. I did it at Commies before, but it's the first time to sort of try and make a final. So, um, yeah, it was, it was the main focus around doing the two 200s. But, um, yeah, I mean, being a part of, of Britain, it's it's difficult if you could, if you do any relay event, it's mm-hmm. difficult to just prioritise. If I do two free... I could do two, three 200 frees if I make the final. And then say I do the heat, that's me at five 200 freestyles. That's, that's yeah, Dino at the Olympics. You know, you're already, he did five on the trot. So, um, you know, it, 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 but I think that's a great thing about being a part of our team. You know, you, you can be a part of these, these immense relays. Um, but, you know, I, it, these, these hard programs that I would say at Worlds, for me, you know, I'm like, oh, I've got a day off or I've got one or I've, got, um, I've just got the single that day. You know, for me, because of the way that I've tried to challenge myself, you know, in season competitions or, um, you know, at certain things that we've done in training, you know, I'm, I'm, I know that I'm more than capable of doing that. And in some regard, I'm like, oh, once that race is done, you know, I've just got the football one medley, for example, I've got a morning off and then we're ready to go. So, no, I, I think there's ways around it. And, you know, I, I, I don't find it too bad, but Olympics was, was pretty long. It was pretty meaty. <laughs> <sighs> So you wouldn't prefer to just be a single event swimmer, let's say Ben Proud, for example. You just wouldn't you wouldn't want to focus on one sole event. Who if wouldn't want to be Ben Proud? Who yeah, wouldn't want to be Ben Proud? That's true. Um, uh, for multiple guess, reasons. Yeah, <laughs> big guy. Um, yeah, I mean it's, it's a difficult one. I mean, I mean I'm I'm kind of for. for the entire time, I mean, even for like box, for example, that was an area where it was like you just, I had no choice, but you know, to to help the the to help out Sterling Uni, you know, I just had to do events like two fly, four IMs, and stuff like that to fifteen hundreds and stuff like that, just to, just to try and help the team out. And I think you know that sort of mindset for me was, you know, why why do I have to narrow it down? Like, why do I just have to pick two free? And I think that this year or last year, should I say, kind of showed that, you know, what, mm. why should I, why should I drop off one if the other is still, you know, pretty solid? Working I'd, I'd well, say, yeah. I would say that's fair enough if the other ones, you know, if, if I'm only, if I'm making a semi or not making it through the heats, but you know, I'm, mm. I'd like to think I'm fairly competitive in both. Yeah. I, I mean, you're dropping events that you're British record holder in. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not bad at all. You you said you you do training to prepare yourself for such a rigorous program. What does that entail? Um, yeah, I I would also say that I think a lot of people that don't do it train for it as well. I just think mm-hmm. that they they've just maybe never done it in a competition setting before. Um, you know, I remember Canny quite a few years ago, you know, trying to get me ready for Worlds in 2019. It was 2019 actually. And I had a two IM and a hundred free straight away back back after it because that's what it would be if I did actually do that at Worlds twenty nineteen. But that first time I did it, it was terrible. And I think it's just because my mindset was, you know, I'm I'm already tired. Yeah. And I think I did it at competition several weeks later and it was just it was just loads better. You know, was, I'd I'd already tried it, I've done it, you know, it's I think it's just about that it's more the mindset thing. Um but in training, 
I can't think of anything specifically, but um, you know, time trials that we might do, uh, I might have particularly hard back-to-backs or even in sessions, you know, once um, some difficult, you know, turnarounds, for example, or things like that. But I think because of now how long that I've done it for, um, I'm just quite confident in my in my ability because of how many times that I know that I've done it. You know, that I look at I look at breakdowns and you know whether it's ISL where I'm like, oh, 15 minutes. You know, for me now, I'm like, ah, I can I can try to make time. this work, I guess. <laughs> um, but you know, it, it's a completely different ball game, short course for sure. But yeah. um, you know, I, I definitely think it's it's def- definitely practice within the environment. I think is important. Mm. Do you have a set schedule in terms of certain days you work on certain strokes or certain energy systems, or is it literally based on how you're feeling on that particular week? Um, yeah, sort of. I, I definitely say stroke-wise is a little bit different. That's just how I'm feeling. But um, you know, tonight, for example, uh, on a Friday we do. Um, you know, it's always a kick and pull set. Um, Tuesday night, Thursday night are both pretty hard sessions, and Monday night speed. Um, so there's there's key there's key point, and then Wednesday mornings um, like endurance kick. Um, you know, and throughout it, there's there's sort of. Um, you know, within that, there's there's key strokes that I would do. You know, most most main sets, you know, are either I try and include all four strokes, or or you know, it might just be freestyle specific. But um, you know, I, I, that's what that's one of the elements that I really enjoy with medley is the the variation in training, mm. um, and the the constant. You know, there's so many things to work on in all four strokes that you know there's so much to improve on. Yeah, I can't. I don't think I could be a fifteen hundred swimmer because the training would just be just thirty ones, pretty much three times a week. Oh, same thing, same thing. See, this is, come on, guy. You're, you're trying to. That's you putting people out of the sport right there. You don't have to do thirty ones <laughs> to do a fifteen hundred. Oh, that's just my but, personal feeling on the fifteen hundred. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, that exactly. I think that's you, you know. There goes, the, like, I think it's like, you know, that it's people's like mindset is like oh swimming training's really hard like it's horrible like early mornings or 3100s like you're saying for a 1500 summer mm. whereas like it's probably just that's what's happened in britain or like at certain points in certain clubs whereas like i don't know how velbrook trains like they might do like yeah. 80k but a lot of it might be kind of steady like, I, I don't know but the you know i just think it's what we think yeah I, mean, I don't want to train for fifteen hundred because I, I <laughs> but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Where does this? It's, it's a really positive mental attitude you've got towards everything. Is it? How much of this is? We've spoken to Tom Bates before in the background. Is it a lot of work with him? Is it psychologists up in Sterling as well? Is it just your your way of approaching swimming? Well, I don't know. Like, I, I do really like Tom Bates. I, I think he's really good. I like working with him last year. That's probably the most I've worked with him. Um, I do I do really like him. I think, you know, the what he's done within British Swimming, like the, the focus on culture as well has been really important mm. and I think really beneficial as well. But um, I would say a lot of it's sort of been drilled in and, um, you know, just with how long I've been coached by Steve. Um, you know, I'd say for, for a while, you know, I didn't probably truly believe in myself or my ability. Um, for a long time and you know I'd say that sort of certain things that he was trying to get me to do in training and the way he wanted me to swim races you know it took me a while to to believe but you know the way that he would speak and 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 sort of motivate me or or try and get me to do things it sort of helped me helped me one you know be be a bit more positive and and to you know believe in believe in my own ability a bit more mm-hmm. so you'd never move away from sterling as of right now <laughs> Um, so never, and then as of right now, yeah, I, 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 um, 
<laughs> yeah, I, I wouldn't. I I can't see myself moving in in the not to. I can't see myself moving anytime soon. That's for sure. You know, I I really enjoy it here. Being here about seven years now. So uh, yeah, yeah, no, no, I love it. Results are good. So. so um one thing we really wanted to bring up with you it's it's almost a case study we've heard here we go is (laughs) it's your it's your early career or career your early years through swimming when you were 14 15 and crossing over with playing tennis so how important was it for you to keep doing another sport while you were in the sport so young because i know there will be a lot of 14 50 year olds listening who think i need to put all my energy into swimming right now yeah i i really enjoyed doing like lots of different sports when i was younger i think i personally think that that's that's quite important but you know i'm, I'm no expert in the youth um you know the the development of junior athletes to senior athletes but you know i, I just think it's I just found it really enjoyable. And I think at that age, it's really important. Enjoyment most certainly comes first and as it should all the way through. But, um, you know, and, and it allowed me to to only do a limited number of sessions, you know, in the pool. You know, it meant that I couldn't do, you know, a, a huge amount of training, you know, because I'd be away, you know, playing tennis or, or doing some other sports. So, um, you know, I did really enjoy that element. But then, you know, once the decision had to be made at some point because, you know, swimming – so it's kind of hard to, to balance a lot of things. So, uh, yeah, no, I, I, I took the decision purely, purely on enjoyment and who I was, who I was doing it with, um, which I preferred that way. But still playing tennis didn't inhibit your swimming ability whatsoever. Um, I mean, it might have at that age, but why does it matter at 14 or 15 or why does it matter at 13 or 14? How, how good I am I guess that's not something I've ever considered or that I've ever thought has been a downfall um you know I I really enjoyed playing tennis so no I, I mean I, I can't say that that was a particularly 13 14 I can't say they're the results that I particularly look back no. on and think oh geez I should have changed them yeah. <laughs> no, no I mean I actually think that's oh, almost that's actually the message that needs to be passed out there that when you're 13 14 the results aren't the driving fault factor oh absolutely um yeah and i think you know i, I think it's, it's all about like you know it can be different for different people you know it there's some there might be some really driven you know 13 14 15 year olds that you know it is and at the at the moment in time you know it might be you know Brit, british youths that you know when you're when you're pretty young or British age group, you know, at that moment in time, you know, it, it is the biggest thing, you know, it is so important, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. um, you know, I, as I say again, you know, I, I don't know the, the development and I don't, I wouldn't ever say that I'm right, but it's something that I would think for me personally, I would prioritize is, you know, tech, technical aspects and, and enjoyment, I think are, are really important around that age group because, you know, I think mm. the, that around the the winning, obviously that's huge and being really competitive. But the the, the biggest aspects for me are, are, are technical and then the enjoyment because that's going to keep them in the sport for a longer period of time. Yeah, do you reckon kids are getting pushed too early at the moment? Because as far as we're aware, you didn't do any early mornings until quite a later age. Do you think they swimmers in general are starting early mornings too early or being pushed too hard too early? Yeah, it's, I hurt in the mornings these days. <laughs> um, uh, 
Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's a long time since I was at a, I actually did a club visit, to be honest. So I don't actually know the sort. But I guess I guess the general consensus is probably yes that a lot of them are, and that's not me trying to inhibit the the up and coming generation because that's not that's the last thing I want to do. But uh, if anything, I'm trying to help their longevity. You know, I want to mm. see them. I want to see them be around for longer and and be better as they as they get older and improve as for for a longer period of time. Um, but then again, you know, I, I no coaching qualifications or or teaching, so. <laughs> You know, I, I think I think it's it's just I'm just trying to relate it to to what I've done and and what mm. I've seen, um, especially mm. within summers that I've trained with uh, as well. I just like the um, the enjoyment message. Essentially, if you're enjoying it, that that's all that matters. Um, well, I've always said that. I've always said that you won't win Olympic gold at 13. So why is it results driven? <laughs> um, should we talk about Tokyo? Fire away. Did you come away from it feeling like the most successful British athlete at a single games? Did was there any inkling of that at all as part of your achievements in Tokyo? Um, that was um, I, it's not something I realised I was on for. To be honest, um, it's not something that I went into trying to achieve. Um, I was probably it was Steve, Steve brought it to my attention. I think just before the four by one medley final. Um, just as I guess as an added bit of motivation, um, more rather in terms of getting the job done rather than you know that's it was for us it was more about you know trying to challenge for for winning it. But the uh, yeah I, I think you know straight away after immediate reactions for me were quite mixed you know because of because of how much I was racing you know I didn't have an opportunity to to think about anything you know every time that I'd raced it was you know the turn of three was first you know I had to try and park that because. Next event was the four by two. We had an amazing opportunity in that. And then straight away, it was the 2am the next day. And then the second, I finished that four ball and medley. So I didn't really have a chance to to sit back and think about my races. So, you know, once I got back home, it was a real sort of, you know, I had to think about everything. It was it was mixed emotions throughout my races. But, um, you know, I, and then again, as you, as you say, I, I was probably a couple of weeks later until I was like, oh, geez, like that's actually, it's a, lot, it's a lot bigger achievement than, you know, something that I initially realized, you know, four medals, the most that uh, a British athlete had ever won. So I was, I was a bit taken back by, um, a, t- a bit taken back by, by hearing that statement. Yeah. I can kind of understand it because all of the three silvers were kind of unlucky. <laughs> yeah. And even the gold that you won in the four by two, just missing the world record as well. So you kind of like unlucky oh. on all of them effectively. So I can understand why you had a little bit of a negative feeling, but you have to reflect and actually you had such a good game, such a good summer. Oh, that four by two one was, oh, that was <laughs> Um But yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, some of some of them were kind of close, but you know, it's um, and all of the ones that you know, all my individual and the four by two, you know, they were all best times. You know, my my yeah. relay split in the four by two, and the two am was a huge best time as well. The two three was a big best time, all in all in Olympic finals. So you know, I, I couldn't really have done much more. So I think that was the main message and and main thing to take away. You know, I, we said before going in, you know, if, if I do a PB in Olympic final, I'll be there or thereabouts, but. You know, fair play to to someone else who's who's able to drop and, and do a good and, and do a best time. Yeah, mm, definitely. I mean, it's got to be hard to lose to your teammates at the same time. <laughs> but I think the the strength of British swimming and the culture showed by the fact that 
the next day you then went and won a relay together. And the, to be fair, there was no sign of any sort of animosity whatsoever. No, not at all. I mean, you know, Dino is someone that, you know, I've really enjoyed being on teams with since 2018. Europeans, I think, was his, was his first team and being on a four by two with him there. And, you know, we get on so well outside of the pool. And, you know, we're actually in an apartment together in Tokyo. Um, so, no, it was... You know, getting to getting to one two, I think was was really special, um, and getting to race alongside him is is really special as well. We two three earlier that year at Europeans as well, which was quite cool. Mm. Um, so yeah, no, I, I love racing with Dino, and then obviously it was it was class getting the uh, getting the win with him later in the week or just a day later, in fact. You know, I I I think it was quite tough for him. You know, the, he had to go three in a row and then do mm. the morning heat of the the four by two, which I I don't know if I thought. Personally, if I thought that was the right decision, um, you know, I think Litchfield in there, yeah, yeah, or, or taking, you know, Cam Carroll was left at home. He went one forty six. Yeah, standard. I mean, he was the the only one not to go, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, he'd probably be on any other team in the world. So you know, and then you know, if if he's rested, then you know, who knows? But I think that's quite a tough, you know, get asking him to go at night and then go again the next morning. Yeah. But um, yeah, no, absolutely, lot same. Same with a lot of the British swimming guys, you know, we we get on so well. So um, no, it was it was quite special. Yeah, I mean, a four by one medley team is looking pretty special at the moment. We actually thought we had a really good chance of knocking the Americans off their perch, but of course they are in the outside lane. Would you reckon you would have chased down Zach Apple if he was in the lane next to you? <laughs> get on a nice wee wave again. Um, yeah. No, I mean, I don't. We can't take anything away from what they did. They had. Yeah, look at those splits afterwards and I'm like mm. wow like it's not to say I, you know we've got the fastest breaststroke in the world by a long shot you know so you know you've got to go into re- every relay opportunity and be like you know we can we can definitely win this you know mm. with Jimmy popping out relay splits that you know some of the fastest ever as well it's kind of helpful yeah. but um, yeah I think that you know those those American boys they they stepped up a lot you know, they what they were able to put together was a phenomenal performance. And and Michael Andrew, I think he had a really tough week. He he did a great split. Yeah. But the last two legs, I think, are just they what they got forty six point on the back end and a forty eight point on the fly. It's just you know that's just fair. It's almost like the mixed medley. I think for Britain, I'm like that. Mm. That's a there's some unbelievable legs in that as well. So yeah, yeah, it's a bit frustrating, but. Um, you know, I think I think that shows how far that that relay team has come. In 2016, we were overwhelmed with a silver, and then in five years later, you know, silver almost seemed like a bit of a disappointment. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. It's it? a weird thing to think. Um, so, like we began this interview, you're Olympic, World, European champion. Um, what's the next goal? What's the motivation that keeps you going? Um, so, I, I think... Obviously, the, the next big thing is, is Paris, you know, three years away. Um, so about getting myself in the best possible shape and finding out what what to do to, to get there for that um, to happen. So, um, yeah, it's all about prepping for that. Um, outside of that, the, the biggest, the thing, the motivating factor straight after the Games was the short term. So, you know, the whole of the ISL was quite exciting for me. Um but yeah, I, th- I think it's different targets each year. You know, it's quite exciting that we've got Commonwealth Games this year every four years. Um, but um, yeah, for, for me, it's just about, you know, I, I think there's still opportunities in, in both of my events, you know, to 
on areas to improve on. You know, that's mm. that's the biggest thing for me. I love coming in every day and, and trying to improve on, you know, smaller aspects that, that add up and, and make a big difference. Um, and I'm so lucky. And I think a lot of the people in Britain are of all the other people around you that are that are helping you do that, um, you know, from sending you videos to, to helping you analyse different aspects. So, um, yeah, for, for me, it's just, you know, continuous improvement, you know, continue what I'm trying to do already. Yeah, I mean, you're in the Scottish team for the Commonwealth Games in Birmingham. What is the importance of commies to Scotland? Is it quite a big deal? Yeah, I'd say so. I think it's just because of how, um, you know, it's only every four years. Um, you know, some some people that, you know, don't necessarily ever get on British teams, you know, are able to, you know, it's an opportunity for them to race internationally and be a part of the Scottish team, which is quite exciting. Um, but also because of, because of the size of the country, it, it, usually we know ev- we know each other so well. You know when we're on that team. You know the 2018 team. I thought you know it was just just like we were there with a bunch of friends. To be honest, it was it was really good fun. And um, so yeah, I, I would say that, that that's probably the biggest thing. Um, and I think with Birmingham, you know, just down the road, I think that, that makes it quite exciting as well. Yeah, I mean, I think the standout event for us is that 200 free. It's almost a rematch oh, yeah. of. Olympic trials and then you throw in a few South Africans a few Aussies as well I think that's that's going to be a wild race monster race yeah <laughs> so, I mean um, yeah absolutely <laughs> so final final question and I know we started with a big question so we'll kind of end with one as well if there was one piece of advice you would give to any swimmers who are listening to this what would it be what age are they or just just any Oh, it was a vague question, wasn't it? <laughs> uh, oh, I don't know. Didn't think of it. Should we just go you... age grouper? Okay. Um, that's a difficult question. I would, I would say, like, for me, I, I thought what, what, I, what I unconsciously did well, and I think that, you know, I, I think that's probably down to the people that I was surrounded by, you know, the, the coaches that I had at that age you know, Steve and then Elaine Johnson when I was at school is, is just around, you know, as I've mentioned before, enjoyment. Um, that instilling that competitive um, instinct into the summer, I think is really important as well. But then as, as well at that age, you know, you're, you're so young, you're still developing, you know, there's so many other important aspects to your life at that age that, you know, it, it's, it's just swimming at that point you know, it's not, you're not doing it for your career. You know, you're, you're still at school, you know, school's so important. It sets you up for, you know, later life. You know, you might be, you know, there might be several things going on there. So I would just say, you know, I wouldn't get too, I wouldn't get hung up on particular results that happened 13, 14, 15. And, you know, that I'm not going to say age groups that I, that I disagree with all the way up. But um, yeah, I think it's just, it's, but then at the same time, it's really difficult at that age to, to see that. You know, you see the mm. time and that's all you see. It's difficult to put your blind, your, you know, your blinkers on and, and just focus on yourself. But yeah, I would say um, it's probably more for a parent is to, to try and move your, move, your, your, move your swimmers on or your kids on for as quickly as possible after particular, particular swims. You know, it, a lot of the time it's just, it's kind of irrelevant, you know, the, the 12, 13, 14, you know, what's happening at that age, you know, the technical and the technical stuff and enjoyment's way important, way more important. 
Yes, the parents yeah. and the coaches, like the end, the other two parts of the triangle that are the most important parts are that sort of age, I think. So, yeah, enjoyment, definitely. Yeah, yeah definitely. Duncan, it's been great speaking to you. If you don't mind, we usually finish with some quick fire questions. Do they sound good to you? Yeah, go um, So what is your favorite event? <laughs> Difficult one to start. <laughs> Two, three. Uh, who is your swimming idol? Uh, well, the age group that I grew up in, it has to be Phelps. And I'm going to say Thorpe as well. And then I'm going to say Hugenbein as well. I'm going to take three. Nice. Um, what is the proudest moment in your swimming career so far? Oh, Jesus. Um, probably, I'd say, being the most decorated um, Olympian at a single games. What's the hardest set you've ever done in training? I don't. I don't actually know, to be honest. Um, they, you try and they, you try and block them out. <laughs> yeah, you try. Yeah. You try and get rid of them. Um, <laughs> I, I went on. Um, I think a couple of guys have done this. This isn't very quick fire, but um, I uh, I went on a camp with Luke Greenbank, Martin Walton, Charlie Atwood. I think a couple other age groups have done that, where they send you out to Japan. And uh, some of the sets we were doing there was just, just horrible. Um, just, I've just never, thankfully never done anything like that again in my life. But yeah, those, all of that set, all of those sessions. <laughs> can you, can you think of one particularly or not? <laughs> well, there's, we did 10 fours iron kick and pull like, and then at end of every session, it was 2100's best average. I was just like, why? Like, uh, but yeah, in the sense of time, it kind of got funny just because we were like, what is going on here? But, um, <laughs> just yeah, there was, yeah, there were some ridiculous ones. That I can't, it, was, it, was, it was December 2014, so it was a while ago now. It's funny. Wow. It's, it, actually, it's almost like a theme through this whole podcast is on to the next thing, on to the next thing. There, yeah. There's no looking, Stop and think. looking back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and final question, if you were to go on a road trip, there's three spaces in the car, who would you have with you? They can be friends, family, or celebrities. Bit of a curve. Oh, friends, family, or celebrities. Dead or That's alive, difficult. if that adds to the dimensions well, to it as well. Even more options, God. Um, <laughs> well, okay, I'm going to go... Dead, just because you know, I think I think it's important. I'll, I'll include someone that's dead. Um, I'm, but I'm, I'm simply going on this road trip to, to have a good time. So I'm going to bring Sean Locke, who is a comedian who mm. died last year like and passed away. I am um, I was a massive fan. I really enjoyed watching him on of Ten Cats, the Countdown, and stuff like that. It's hilarious. Um, and then oh, it's really difficult. I, I either oh, I don't know. I can't pick an either. I'm gonna go. Um, I'll go Ricky Gervais. This is the next one. This is a very yeah. funny car so far. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you, I was also at three. Is it three? Three. Go more. Oh, yeah. oh, geez, I didn't know it was three. I thought it was just two. I thought it was three, including myself. Right, and the third person. Oh, I don't know. Do I take a family member to enjoy the humour with me? I don't know. <laughs> what 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 they added? No, I'm joking. <laughs> um, um, oh, I don't know. This is difficult. Oh, I'll probably go Lee Mack. I'll just make it. I'll just go for pure comedy value. I'll just get three comics involved, and then I'll probably just have a great time. Yeah. You, you'd enjoy that card, Dan, wouldn't you? Oh yeah, yeah. All of those three. 
Great stuff. Well, Duncan, thank you so much for coming on to this week's episode of the Propulsion Swim podcast. Best of luck for 2022 and the road to Paris now. Um, we can't wait to see what happens with your busy schedule and multiple, hopefully more multiple medals. Best of luck. You've got a massive year. Well, actually a massive couple of years coming up to be honest with you. So yeah, best of luck for that and everything else in between. <laughs> Perfect. No, thanks very much for having me. Yeah, no, it's been it's been great. So um, yeah, we we'll look forward to look forward to this year and see what happens. Great stuff. So that just about rounds up this week's episode of the Propulsion Swimming Podcast. If you haven't subscribed already, please do so on Apple Podcast, Spotify, or YouTube. Dan, I will see you in seven days' time. Yeah, thank you for listening, everyone, and we'll catch you on the next one. You've been listening to the Propulsion Swimming Podcast with Scott and Dan. We want to thank you for joining us and invite you to subscribe to the show as well as checking out the Propulsion Swimming YouTube channel for weekly tutorials and videos to get your swimming fix. We will be back next week. Until then, we'll catch you on the next one.